As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Everyone's good at something. I'm good at traffic. I suck at a lot of stuff. And everyone also sucks at a lot of things too. You just have to find what you're really good at and then focus on it. Because if you don't focus on it, then you're going to try to do too many things, man. No one's really going to get any results. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes the free service. Here comes the free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714 I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff. I hope you're having a best ever weekend, first and foremost. And because it is Sunday, we have a special segment called Skill Set Sunday, where we talk about a specific skill that you can hone or adopt 
that will help you in your entrepreneurial endeavors. With us today, I'm pleased to say we have Neil Patel. How you doing, Neil? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing well, and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Neil. Holy cow, if you need to know how to drive traffic, he's your guy. And one of my favorite podcasts for marketing, for sure, is his podcast called The Marketing School with Eric Sue. And I've spoken to Eric a couple times. I was interviewed on his previous podcast, Growth Everywhere. I'm not sure if he still does that. But man, your podcast with Eric is phenomenal. And best ever listeners, if you want to learn practical marketing tips that you can implement immediately, you must listen to Marketing School. In fact, Neil, you don't know this, but I came across your podcast, Marketing School, and it was at oh around 1 a.m. in the morning, and I started taking screenshots on my phone of every one of your podcasts, and I was sending them to my team. I sent like 25 emails to my team that night from like 1 to 4 in the morning saying, you must listen to this one. You must listen to this one. <laughs> you must listen to this one. Just great stuff. The fun part about podcasting is it's like you crank out information. People watch it. They or more so listen. They learn. And then hopefully they take action on it. But yeah, it's such hard work producing them, and you know better than anyone else. But it's so rewarding when people listen and they take action and they get results, right? So it's like, that's the beauty of doing it. It's like same with the work that you're doing. It's like the moment people start getting results and they're like, oh, this is amazing. It makes your day. It doesn't matter if they even gave you a dollar or zero or it costs you money. It's just like, it's great to see people succeeding from the advice you're pushing off. Yeah, it's a great feeling to get one of those emails or someone says, hey, I heard this podcast. I did XYZ. And I've gotten XYZ results. So you have one of your blogs earns over 300000 a month. Wall Street Journal called you a top influencer on the web. Forbes said you're one of the top 10 online marketers. You know what you're doing. And I've looked at your stuff. And clearly, there's one thing that stands out. And that is the single focus that you reiterate time and time again. And that is that you help drive traffic and help others drive traffic. So I guess talk to us about the importance of having a singular focus. Everyone's good at something, even me. I'm good at traffic. I suck at a lot of stuff. And everyone also sucks at a lot of things too. You just have to find what you're really good at and then focus on it. Because if you don't focus on it, then you're going to try to do too many things. You're not going to be the best at them and no one's really going to get any results. Traffic, I believe every business really needs it. I know there's a lot of businesses that just purely work off the sales teams and they do well. But of course, if you had traffic, who's going to end up turning it down? And whatever you're doing in life, go find your passion, go find your focus. And usually what you're passionate about tends to be what you're naturally good at or what you're better at than anything else. Focus on it, get even better at that skill, and don't do anything else in this role. People want experts. They don't want jack-of-all-trades. As entrepreneurs, because the best ever listeners are real estate investors from wholesalers, fix and flippers, real estate agents, apartment investors, but we're all entrepreneurs. And as entrepreneurs, we obviously need traffic to our website. Should we be focused more on the conversion of that traffic, so getting emails, or should we be more focused on driving the traffic to the website if we had to pick? It depends. If you don't have a ton of traffic, then you should focus on traffic. If you have a lot of traffic, then focus on the conversion. What's a ton? 
I usually say if you're under 10,000 focus on traffic, if you're over 10,000 focus more on conversion, unless you're in a B2B segment in which each customer is worth hundreds and thousands or millions of dollars, the moment you're above 3,000 visitors focus on conversion. And when you say 10,000, is that unique visitors a month? Correct. Okay. 10,000 unique visitors a month. All right. So under 10,000 unique visitors a month, focus on traffic over then focus on conversion. So let's say we're at around 5,000 unique visitors a month. What are some ways that we could increase that? One of the simplest ways is go look at all your articles that you have written or podcasts or videos that you have produced. Go put in competitor ones or ones that are similar. You can Google to find them and put in that URL into search.twitter.com. You'll see everyone else who shared it and message them and try to get them to share yours. They already shared similar content. Why won't they share yours? Little things like that work extremely well. And if you do those over time, you'll get more social shares, you'll get more readers, more repeat visitors, and your overall traffic will go up. So kind of reverse engineering the process. Correct. You're obviously over 10,000 per month. So are you more focused on conversion? And if so, how do you optimize that? I'm focused on more so traffic than conversion, but yeah, I do both. And the way I drive conversions is I use tools like HelloBar that do like email pop-ups, sliders, modals. I also do things like running A-B tests. I do user recordings to see mouse movements where people are getting stuck. I look at analytics. But it's all about just figuring out where people are getting stuck. So see where the drop-off is within your funnel. And that's the area you probably want to focus on first. Why are you focused on traffic if you have the 10,000 threshold? I want to hit two to three million visitors a month within the next 12 months. And then I want to hit five to six after that. So pretty much 12 more months after that. Where are you at now? 600 to 700,000 unique visitors a month. And for someone who is listening and they're starting a blog, they just launched their website. They've got some ideas to write about. And I know this is a very open-ended question and take it whichever way you want to. What would be some tips that you'd give them? If they're just starting a blog and they're not sure what to write about? If they're just starting a blog, they know what they're going to be writing about, but they want to be set up for success as much as possible with getting traffic and conversion. Yeah. So what type of foundation? Yeah. I would actually say use WordPress. Make sure URL structures don't have dates in them. A lot of times WordPress likes putting dates in URLs. With one click of a button, you can get rid of that though. The biggest thing is, other than using WordPress, just focus on content and focus on what's popular. So you can put in competitor URLs on Ahrefs and Buzzsumo, and you'll see what terms and what content that your competitors are writing are really popular. From there, what you want to do is write similar articles, but that are just more detailed and better. Ah, so a couple things you've mentioned is looking at the competition through online tools. And one that you just mentioned was BuzzSumo and researching what top performing articles they have and then competing on those grounds. Exactly. But the key is if you see what other people are writing, if your articles and content isn't better and more detailed, you won't do well. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Very straightforward. You said BuzzSumo. What was the other one? Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. Ahrefs shows you what pages that your competitors have are driving Google traffic. BuzzSumo shows you which articles your competitors have that drive a ton of social traffic. 
Mm. Is there one that we should prioritize over the other? No, you need them both. Where do you get most of your traffic to your website? Where is it coming from? Google. And then what are the terms? I mean, I was, I was reading through your website. Are I you think... in the U.S.? Yeah, I'm in the U.S. Like online marketing, SEO, internet marketing, terms like that. So how did you get the ranking for online marketing? Because obviously that's a top one that I'm sure you've got a lot of competition for. More detailed and better content. And then from there, reaching out to everyone who shared all the other online marketing articles on Twitter and ask them to share their mind. And then cross-linking my own posts. So anytime I reference online marketing, I link to that main quote-unquote cornerstone content, which would be that guide on online marketing. Will you say the cross-linking one, but say it slower so that my dunce brain can understand? Just I want to make sure I'm understanding that. With cross-linking, what I mean by that is, let's say you write an article on how to sell a home and make money as a realtor. Let's say you have this guide, it's a detailed guide called The Beginner's Guide to Being a Realtor. But now you're writing this new blog post called How to Make Money Selling Homes. Let's say you talk about like, yeah, right when you get your realtor license and you're just starting off, you may want to link that, hey, when you're getting started as a realtor and you just got your license and you're starting off, whatever that phrase may be, link it to that guide on the beginner's guide to being a realtor. That's like cross-linking, like your internal. Makes sense. And is there a certain number that you like to have in terms of cross-linking? from one article to another? Not really. I just link out wherever it makes sense. Do you seek out opportunities to link? Yeah, I do. So wherever there's opportunity, whether it's someone else's site or I go through my old articles and I see if I can link my new piece of content from some of my older articles, I always like search for new opportunities. And you said linking out to other people's sites. How much does that play into your overall ranking? Whenever I link out or whenever other people have good information, I link out whether it's five times or 50 times an article, there is no limit or minimum amount. It's more so I do it whenever it's consumers. So let's say someone is writing an article about real estate law and there's different states. Well, each state has their own laws. Why not just link out to someone else's article that breaks down the laws in California and someone else who breaks down the laws in New York and someone else who breaks down the laws in Minnesota, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't want to rewrite stuff that's already out there, especially if you can't add anything new. If you can add new stuff, by all means, rewrite and make yours better. But if you can't, then link out to the existing pieces that are already out on the web, even if they're your competitors. And as far as the Twitter reverse engineering, what tool did you recommend using for that? BuzzSumo. BuzzSumo for that as well? Okay. Well, for Twitter, BuzzSumo shows you what content your competitors are writing that are popular on the social web. To see who specifically tweeted out, you just take that URL and you put it into search.twitter.com. Got it. That's what I was looking at. How do you stay up to date with new apps and the different ways to approach staying on top? I don't stay up to date with the new apps, but the way I continually stay up to date with being on top, getting more traffic or doing better in business is by reading and learning. You can't stay up to date with everything because there's just so much information out there. So I don't have the latest phone. I don't know the latest iPhone apps. I do know what's happening in the business world or in the news or what's the latest in marketing because I'm continually reading and experimenting and trying to learn. What are some resources that you go to regularly to 
read and learn? I go to TechCrunch. I go to Search Engine Land, good news site. Search Engine Watch is another one. Search Engine Journal. Those sites cover a lot of the industry news. What would you say is a mistake that you see entrepreneurs make when they're establishing an online presence? Big mistake that I'm seeing when people are trying to establish a presence, they expect results right away and they don't stick with things. The reason being is marketing in general, content marketing, any form of online marketing, it takes time to see results and build that brand. To build that brand, you have to do different types of marketing. You can't just be like, I want to build a brand, right? So whatever you're trying to do and you're trying to market, it takes time and it's consistency. And most people, when they're trying to build that personal brand or get more traffic or grow their business, they'll do it for a month or two and then just stop. How long does it take? And I know we have to define the finish line for you to answer that. But again, take it whichever direction you want, just to elaborate a little bit more on not needing to see results or not expecting to see results immediately. Take six months to see some decent results, one year to see good results, two years to really start seeing it flourish and grow. Okay. And as far as how long, you said consistency is also important. So if following that same timeline, six months, 12 months, two years, what do you need to be doing consistently to be able to deliver on that timeline? You need to be writing content multiple times a week. You need to be sharing posts on the social web multiple times a week. You need to be participating in the community multiple times a week. You can't do everything. You should do SEO every week, content marketing, social media marketing, but pick one or two channels of those and then go from there. So whatever it is, do it multiple times a week and just pick two or one if that's all you have time for. And then as you have more time, expand into two and then expand into three and et cetera. As far as the detailed articles go that you mentioned earlier, is as long as possible the better approach? Not always. I would say get to the point, but it's quality. If someone can look at it and be like, oh, this is amazing, then you're good. What is the biggest challenge that you have in your business right now? Getting more qualified leads. We get a ton of leads, but the hard part is filtering those leads to figure out which ones are qualified and then only giving those to the sales team. Because if we give them the bad leads, then they waste a ton of time and we're paying reps to not make any money. So it's just filtering out the junk, which is very difficult to do. What's one way you're attempting to have that filtration process work better? We tried lead scoring using the existing softwares out there, like the Pardots of the world. We tried having SDRs as in like people pick up the phone and then qualify each lead before it gets to a rep. But it's inefficient. So what we're doing now is we're building a lead qualifying system for ourselves that using APIs like from the Alexa.coms of the world or whatever it may be, where we can get data on our leads and then figure out, all right, is this a good lead, a bad lead? Pulling from LinkedIn, all right, this is the person's position. Is this someone who could be qualified or not? But it's more about just digging through and trying to automate as much as possible because there's so much technology out there. What does a qualified lead look like for your business? A qualified lead for a business is typically a Fortune 500 company, someone who's a director of marketing or VP of marketing, or in a business role within that organization is manager level, and they're looking to just grow, or their company was big and their stock has been tanking and they're looking for someone to help fix the ship and fix their problems. We actually do 
most of our customers tend to be the ones who are extremely large and then something happened and they dropped and they lost billions of dollars and then they need help fixing and recuperating. I want to follow up on something you mentioned earlier, just for my own education and perhaps some best ever listeners. You said when you're just starting out, you recommend using WordPress. You said make sure the URL doesn't have dates. Why is that? When your URL has dates, I used to have that in 2016. And when I removed the dates, my search traffic went up by over 50% in less than 30 days. The reason being is when your URL, mine is neilpatel.com, and then it's slash date slash post title, Google associates it with the date. So then over time, it doesn't continually rank well. But when you remove the dates, they realize that, hey, this article is related to marketing or real estate or whatever it may be and not a specific date. So then you rank better. Great tip among many other tips that you've had. Anything else as it relates to driving traffic for real estate entrepreneurs that we haven't talked about that you wanted to mention? Sure. The big thing, if I was a real estate entrepreneur, you can drive leads, but focus on following up with people who are leads. Most realtors, they suck at following up. <laughs> you follow up within the first five minutes a lead comes in, you're much more likely to close them. The reason being is every other realtor out there ignores them and make it to them in two, three days. And they're like, oh, why didn't I get any more customers? It's so hard. It's like, dude, pick up your phone. You'll do well if you just answer your phone. Most people, gals and men, just suck at it. My assistant was showing a buddy's house the other day, right? He works for me and someone else. And this home is in the multi-million dollar range. The realtor's like, cool, I'll confirm for Thursday. April, go by and I can check it out. And this is for a listing. And they never even showed up. And they're just like, they never confirmed. I'm like, <laughs> they're lost. What's 3% commission? On a $4 million home, it's quite a bit, $120,000, right? It's mm -hmm. a lot of money. Is there an online system that your team uses for the follow-up process? Not really. We just make sure everyone follows up. Got it. Calendar, we schedule one. We don't really have people calling us. We more so have people scheduling. And then from there, we follow up through scheduling. But we don't do it where people just call us randomly. It wouldn't work out well for us. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you've got going on? And if they are a marketing director or VP of a large company, get in touch with you or your company. If you want to keep learning more, you can always go to neilpatel.com slash blog and you can find out my contact information from there too. Awesome. Well, Neil, thank you for being on the show. Boy, lots of practical tips from if your traffic is 10,000 unique visitors a month, or more, then focus on conversion. If it's less, then focus on traffic. If we're just starting out, then the tips, one, use WordPress to make sure the URL doesn't have any dates. Your search traffic went up by 50% when you removed the dates in that URL. And focus on content. The competitive URL searching tip is going to be very helpful. And then you mentioned it takes time to see results from 6, 12 to 2 years in those increments and you have to be consistent along the way by doing things multiple times a week. Pick one or two things like writing content, posting on social and or participating in a community online. So thanks for being on the show, Neil. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. 
Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellin.com forward slash show. That's D-W-E-L-L-Y-N-N dot com forward slash show.